Welcome to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. We are a church located in Palm Beach County, Florida, and we are so glad that you're listening with us. For more information about New Sound Church, you can visit our website at www.newsound.church or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, New Sound Church, Pastor TJ here, and we are so glad that you are joining us online this week. And I believe that God wants to speak directly to you in your situation right where you are this weekend at New Sound Church. You know, I was thinking this week uh, about some distinct moments in my life, particularly when I was younger. There are two distinct moments from my childhood that stand out more than any other moments. One of the moments uh, that I remember is when I was in the second grade, uh, I was playing baseball and uh, it's one of my early years of baseball. And at the time, I happened to be one of the older kids. I happened to be one of the better players at the time. And we we're winning all of our baseball games. We ended up in the Little League Championship game for our area in Sarasota, Florida, where I was living at the time. And uh, I came up to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning, and our bases were loaded. We were down by a couple of runs, and lo and behold, uh, I came up to bat and hit the very first home run in Sarasota history by a Little Leaguer that was in the second grade. It is probably one of my most uh, amazing sports accomplishments as a little kid that I could ever have. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm the greatest baseball player in the world. Uh, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. Like my life was on the upward trajectory at that point. And then if you were to fast forward after that point, over the next six to eight months, my parents got a divorce. Uh, I ended up moving with my father a little bit further south, down to the Fort Myers area. I was now in the third grade. I went to begin playing Little League, which was something that I loved, something that I was passionate about. I loved baseball. But lo and behold, I went from being one of the oldest kids to one of the youngest kids. And so now I'm in the third grade playing with fifth and sixth graders. And I'm not quite the cream of the crop. I haven't really risen to the top. And I remember being very, very frustrated as a kid. In fact, I was so frustrated with baseball that season and in the fact that I wasn't getting playing time, that I was getting put out into uh, right field in the outfield because I was young and I was small. I wasn't, I wasn't getting as many hits as I had gotten in previous seasons. And during that time, because I was not having exterior success, I started complaining to my dad, dad, I want to quit baseball. I want to be done with baseball. I'm done with this. And, and my dad would tell me over and over and over again, TJ, uh, McCormick's are not quitters. We don't quit things. We finish things. We finish them out well. And lo and behold, the season continued to go on. And I continued to nag my father over and over and over again. Dad, I want to quit. 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 To finally, he got to this point where he's like, son, if you want to quit, you're going to have to go tell your coach. And I'll never forget showing up to practice one week and mustering up the courage. And I walked up to my coach and I told him, hey, I'm done with baseball. I quit. And I walked away from baseball that year. And what's interesting to me is is that moment is a moment in my life that I will never forget. And it's a moment that I regret so much to this day. In fact, one of the things that I passionately hate more than anything in life is quitting. Like quitting is just not an option today. But in that day and at that season and in that moment, it was so easy 
for me to quit. And it's bothered me for the rest of my life that I have quit something. And here's what I realized is I let something that happened to me, something that was bad, I was having a difficult time, I was having a difficult season playing baseball, I was having difficulty in life with my parents' divorce taking place. I let something bad that was happening around me begin to impact me internally. And it ended up messing me up. I let something externally impact the internal direction of my life. It went from an external thing to an internal thing. And I think that we all have experiences in life where we want to quit, where we want to throw in the towel, where we've hit rock bottom in life and we go, man, there's got to be some other way. And I just want to check out in this moment. And here's what I know. When bad things happen to us, the question is, do we allow those things also to happen in us? And here's what I know. Some of you students right now, you're in a season where you're no longer going to school every day. School is the place where you wake up and you're having to learn differently and something bad is happening to you, but is something bad also happening in you? Maybe you're working from home right now and because of coronavirus and everything that's going on, maybe your, your boss has lost their job and all of a sudden you've got a new boss or you've got some new responsibilities and you were at the top of the totem pole at your work and all of a sudden you're trying to relate to a new person and it's very, very frustrating. It's very, very hard in that moment. Maybe some of you here today have kids and you love kids and you love your, your family so much, but you never thought you were going to be spending 24-7 with your kids. And while they're cute and while they're lovely, they are also frustrating. And you're just ready to pull your hair out right now. And you're like, man, I want to throw in the towel in this moment. Maybe for some of you, you're a blended family. And it's been great up to this point, but now there's all these idiosyncrasies that are happening that's part of this family and this family, and you're trying to make those things work right now. And there's just so many family dynamics that are taking place right now, and it makes you feel like you want to give up. And if you're here today and you've ever felt like you wanted to give up, I want to encourage you because there is another way. And today we're going to learn that you don't have to give up because you can rise up in the power and the strength of God. And the person we're going to be looking at today is Joseph. And we started looking at him last week and we're going to look back at his life. And we're going to learn that what happens in you is way more important than what happens to you. And this is so critical, New Sound. What is happening inside of us right now is way more important than is what is happening all around you or what's happening to us. In other words, God is going to work on the inside of us even while exterior things are way different than we could have thought or we could have imagined or we would have ever been able to comprehend and how we respond in these moments when exterior things are happening is so critical to our future. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39, we're going to be getting to look there at the story of Joseph 
And if you don't know much about the story of Joseph, Joseph was one of uh, 12 brothers. He was actually the 11th brother. And, uh, and he is, at the moment in this story, he is the youngest brother. He is his father's favorite son. In fact, his older brothers are very, very jealous of him because his father has uh, a little bit of favoritism for, for him. And not only that, but his father has blessed him with this coat uh, of many colors. Uh, a lot of people would say it, it was like the Gucci of that day. And so not only that, but God has given him a dream of his future. And if God were to speak to you in those days about a dream, they really believed that that was a, a distinction from God. God. And so Joseph has told his brothers that someday they're going to bow down to him and worship him. So that makes them despise him even more. And at one point, his father sends Joseph to check on his brothers. His brothers see him coming off in the distance. And uh, as they see him coming off in the distance, they thought about his life and his future. And, and they attack him. They throw him into a pit. And they're deciding what they're going to do with him, whether they're going to kill him or sell him off into slavery. And they end up selling him off into slavery, and he's traveling on his way to a land called Egypt. His life has been flipped upside down. And so in Genesis chapter 39, starting in verse 1, it says this. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. So at this point, he's a full-blown slave in Egypt. It says, Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, I just want to sit there for a moment. Joseph's life has been flipped upside down, completely turned around. He had dreams, goals, aspirations, and hopes. He is a full-blown slave who had a master. And the Bible literally says... The Lord was with Joseph. Listen, maybe your life is really, really hard right now. Maybe your life is completely flipped upside down in this moment. Maybe your life is lunatic crazy right here, right now. That does not mean that God is not with you in that moment. It says, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Now, you got to imagine that Joseph wanted to quit in this moment. you got to imagine that Joseph wanted to give up in times like this. you got to imagine that all the days he thought to himself, man, I had dreams. I had hopes. I had aspirations. I was my father's favorite. I had dreams from God. I thought I was going to rule and reign. Now I've been sold off into slavery. I was at the top, and now I'm at the bottom. And he's having to start over all over again, and, I, and, and you can imagine that in that moment, I guarantee you, he wanted to give up. But somehow he learns how to rise up when he wanted to give up. So how do you and I begin to learn to rise up when we want to give up? And if you're taking notes today, I wanna encourage you with this. Number one, don't play the blame game. What Joseph teaches us over and over and over again is don't play 
the blame game in life. Because listen, we are notorious for playing the blame game. People love to blame people. In fact, I found some of the craziest lawsuits that people have sued other people for blaming them. One of them was, is a Florida woman sues FedEx for tripping over a package left at her doorstep. You know, like where else is FedEx supposed to leave the package on the side of your house where you never find it? No, they put it right in front of her. She opens the door, trips over it, sues FedEx, blaming FedEx for her inability to see a package at her feet. Another woman sues the US government over a nacho cheese burn. She was at a public event where the government was putting on an event. They were vendors that were there. She bought nacho cheese, she spilled it on herself and she sues the US government. Crazy. My favorite one though was a Colorado inmate is suing the NFL for $88 billion over the 2015 Dallas Cowboys loss to the Green Bay Packers where they said initially Des Bryant had caught the ball, but after going to replay, they decided that it was not a catch. And so he is suing the NFL while sitting in prison. We're pretty good at blaming, aren't we? Like when it goes bad for our teams, it's gotta be the rest fault. When it goes bad at our work, it's gotta be that boss's fault or that coworker's fault or that other company's fault. When it goes bad at our home, it's gotta be uh, our wife's fault or our children's fault or, or possibly even the dog's fault. When it goes bad with our money, it's easy to blame that other corporation. It's easy to blame the government. It's gotta be those taxes. It's always something else. And here's the thing that I've learned with blaming is you don't blame your way to a better life. Like you might believe your way to a better life. You might be responsible to a better life, but I've never met anyone who has actually blamed their way to a better life. It's not how life works. In fact, I would submit to you that blaming is a whole lot like burping. You're like, wait a second, how, how does that work? You think about it. When you burp, some pressure's gone. You may feel a little bit better, like the stomach is feeling better in that moment, but everybody around you is disgusted, aren't they? Everybody around you is now uh, infiltrated with a smell and some things that they never wanted to be a part of. And that's a lot like blaming. And some people spend their entire lives blaming other people blaming other things, blaming other situations and circumstances for where they find themselves in life. And just think about Joseph. If anybody had the right to blame some other people and play the blame game, it had to be Joseph. He could have never moved forward. He could have never advanced in life. He could have said, man, the reason I am the way I am is because my brothers did this to me. The reason I am the way that I am is because my dad played favorites and, and caused other people not to like me. My own flesh and blood sold me out. I, like they, they cut me off. They threw me in a pit. They beat me up. If anybody had some family issues... It was Joseph, and he could have said, man, I give up. I don't care. I don't want to try anymore. He could have done that, but he didn't. Because what he knew is when you blame, you don't ever rise up. You just don't. Why? Because you're shifting responsibility of your life onto someone or something else that happened to you. And you end up living there and you keep doing that 
And what it does is it keeps you from owning and bringing a solution to your life. In fact, there's a great book that I read a few years back that's called Boundaries for Leaderships. And it's by a guy named Dr. Henry Cloud. And when I read this book, it just smacked me in the face as an individual and as a leader. And he said a couple lines in there that I I just want to share with you. The first one that he said that just wrecked my life is, you are ridiculously in charge. Now, Dr. Cloud is a believer, and uh, he is talking to a business community. Now, ultimately, God is ridiculously in charge, but he is saying from a a, a leadership standpoint, it's really, really easy to blame other people, to blame other organizations, to blame employees, to blame other companies, to blame the situation. And there are all kinds of different things that you can live and blame in life. But he says, if you're going to move forward faster and quicker, you have got to get to this end idea that you and I, we are ridiculously in charge, which means that you can't shift blame off onto someone or something else, that you have got to begin to own the responsibility of your life. He says this, he says, in the end, as a leader, you're always going to get a combination of two things, what you create and what you allow. And I think this has so much application for all of our lives. In every situation, there are two things that you are going to do. There are some things that we are going to create. There are some things that we specifically do. There are some things that we have specifically uh, uh, done in life that we can control, that we have created, that, that we are getting some results from. And then there are some other things in life that we can't necessarily control, but naturally when those things are not in our control, what we want to do is we want to blame for those things. But Dr. Cloud says, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Listen, you might not have been able to control that situation, but whatever is happening in that situation, you have created a culture that allowed that to happen within your life. He says, listen, in everything there is in life, there is a role that each and every one of us play. And as hard as the truth is, and it's hard, here is the benefit that I saw in my own life. I've got to look in the mirror and realize that there is no one to blame for my life but myself from here on out. I am responsible if it happened under my watch. I am responsible even if I did not do it because I am responsible for the culture that is around my life. That's my friends. That's my influences. And am I allowing that culture to continue in my presence or am I changing that culture? And so am I gonna be proactive in leading differently? And I share this with you, not to discourage you, but to empower you because so many of you are like, oh great TJ, I'm ridiculously in charge and my life sucks right now. That may be true, but here's the good news in that. It's because you are ridiculously in charge You have the power and the ability to change that. You can own those things instead of blaming those things. And all of a sudden what happens is all of a sudden you realize I have a responsibility in this moment. And I can make it different. And listen, I know a lot of times people are like, but but you don't understand what happened to me. I want justice. And people hold out 
for justice for things that have happened to them. And I am all about you getting justice. And I've known a lot of people that have gone through the legal system and have won their case and technically gotten legal justice, but they've continued to live their lives as victims even though they got justice. Why? Because they were trapped because what happened to them, they kept blaming everything on their life on what happened to them because it didn't just happen to them, they allowed it to happen within them. And unless you and I, we allow God to get to the core of who we are and do a work and allow him to get to the inside and let him be ridiculously in charge, you will never realize that what happens in you is way more important than what's happening to you. And you have a choice every single day of what you allow to happen in you. Let God do that work. And you say, what happens inside of me? I am completely responsible for every action and reaction that I take in life. Listen, you may have been victimized, but that does not mean that you have to live as a victim. Joseph may have been sold into slavery, but he did not live as a slave. Joseph paid a penalty for somebody else's sin, but that doesn't let, he doesn't allow that sin and that label to be on him for the rest of his life. In your life, you have to make a decision and you have got to make a call that says, I am going to be responsible. I may be a victim at one level, but I'm not gonna live as a victim. Listen, in Christ, you are not simply a victim. You're a victor. In Christ, you're not the sum total of your mistakes and circumstances. You're actually an overcomer. In Christ, you aren't just your pain and your past and your failures, but you are forgiven and free. In Christ, you aren't what someone did to you. You're what Jesus did on the cross for you. In Christ, you aren't just what others say about you. You are who God says you are. Look, in Christ, you have a future. You can move forward. You can live different. So what happened to you, it may be horrible, and it may be unspeakable. And honestly, that's Joseph's life. But that is way different than what happens in you. And you've got to fight the battle within you. New sound. You've got to fight that battle within you to allow God to move in your heart and to move in your life so that you can rise up instead of giving up. And so he's, he's teaching us don't play the blame game and then number two, he's teaching us that there is a buildup to breakthrough. And here's what I know is we all love breakthrough stories in life. We love hearing how people broke through and accomplished something great and how awesome and how amazing it is. And, and most of us, what we see in life is we see the breakthrough moment. We see where they rise to the top and they're the cream of the crop. We, we see that moment and we celebrate that moment. And so many times what we do is we forget the process that it took to get to that breakthrough. The time and the effort and the pain that they had to go through to experience that breakthrough in their life. I don't know about you, but I'm a product of the 80s and, and, and I'm just curious, how many of you all remember your first record? If you don't know what a record is, it's this big round thing that you would put on this player and there'd be a little knob that you pull over and put it down and it would play music. And, and I remember in the 80s, I remember getting my first record. Uh, my parents owned bars and restaurants at the time. And so the first record as a five or six year old that I ever get 
got was by this band called Twisted Sister. In fact, I think we have a picture of them right there. It's the 80s hair band days. And their, their most famous, most popular song was this song, We're not gonna take it. No, we're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. You know, and rock it out. And man, as a kid, I love the song. And, and so uh, about a year ago, I was watching Netflix and uh, I was just looking for things to, to watch late one night. And I saw this documentary on Twisted Sister, and it brought me back to my childhood. And so I was like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. And uh, in fact, I, I would tell you, don't check it out. It's not very wholesome, it's not very good. Uh, but I, I watched it anyways. And uh, they're playing their breakthrough show in London. It's this incredible big concert. It's their coming out party. It starts off that way. They're there and the crowd's rocking and they're all cheering, Twisted Sister, Twisted Sister. Like they're going crazy. And as the concert's just about to start, the screen stops and it goes black. And it says this, it says 3,267 shows earlier. 3,267 shows were played before Twisted Sister ever got their major record deal. Think about that, 3,267 shows they played before their breakthrough moment. You would have thought that after 3,267 shows, they would have been a heck of a lot better as a band. They were not. What you see for a lot of people is the breakthrough moments. What we forget about is the 3,267 shows that they played in some dive bar where nobody was paying attention. You, you think about the arenas that were full of five or 10 people and you think about the amount of time, like I would have given up on show 100, but they went through 3,267 shows until their breakthrough moment. There was a buildup to their breakthrough that they finally got to experience. And I believe that this is a spiritual principle as well. There is a buildup to the breakthrough that God is trying to do in your life. Now, continuing on in Joseph's story in verse 5, it says, From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sakes. Have you ever thought about this, that maybe God is blessing somebody else because of your life and how you're serving and how you're loving him? I know you may not see God working in your life, but is it possible that God is actually using your life right now to do something supernatural in somebody else's life without you ever realizing it? Just a thought there. It says, all of his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. Sounds like a little bit of a breakthrough that's happening there for Joseph. Things have gone from horrible to things are getting a little bit better, but don't miss this. There, there was a buildup to the breakthrough and the breakthrough was huge, but he had to overcome bitterness and hate and rage. He had to overcome betrayal and sibling issues. There is no indication that Joseph spent much time blaming others. There's, no much, there's not much indication that Joseph spent much time wishing his situation was different. The only indication there was is that he was focused on what he could do in that moment and to build up his situation right where he was in the moment where he was. He could have walked around the whole time in Potiphar's house 
house, blaming his life on other people and going, man, my life is never going to amount to anything. But what you see Joseph doing over and over and over again throughout his life is he's taking whatever is in front of him and he's saying, hey, I'm gonna make the most of this moment and the most of this opportunity and I'm gonna allow God to do what he can do and I'm gonna grab hold of what I can do in this moment. And I'm gonna follow God in faith that he's in complete control. And if you wanna rise up, even when you wanna give up, it happens when you realize that there is a buildup to your breakthrough. And some of you right now, you want a breakthrough. In fact, you're praying for a breakthrough right now in your finances. You're praying for a breakthrough right now in your relational world. You're praying for a breakthrough with your children in this moment. You're praying for a breakthrough in your career. Listen, until God builds you up in such a way, you might not be ready for that breakthrough. It's not a message a lot of us like to hear. Because that breakthrough, if you're not ready, may just break you. And so until you're ready for that breakthrough, you've got to allow God to build you up in that moment, shape you, inform you, and get you ready for it. So when that breakthrough comes, you are actually ready to receive it in life. It's the buildup to the breakthrough. And then the buildup is hard, right? It's always hard when we're in the middle of the buildup. And listen, New Sound Church, I believe that we're in the middle of the buildup as a church. We're in the middle of a, a pandemic that is happening right now. We're in the middle of trying to figure out what exactly does the future of this community look like. And so as we're building up to the breakthrough, here's what I know, New Sound Church, is that we have got to do something differently than what we have been doing. We have got to allow God to build us up so that we can experience the breakthrough that he has for us. And so as the pastor of this church right now, I am going to call us over the next 21 days, starting Monday, October 20, or not October, <laughs> April 27th, to a 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're gonna pray to God to, to come into our lives, to do some things inside of us, to build us up as individuals, to build us up as a community of faith, to put our trust and our reliance on him that while we might not have the breakthrough he wants, that we know the one that is the one that breaks through, and that's God. And I believe that if we'll seek God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that God will show up and God will answer us, he will heal us, he will change us, he will transform us, he will envelop us in his love. And more than ever right now, what we need to do is we need to humble ourselves and seek God because I believe that there is a buildup to breakthrough. And if we wanna break through spiritually, you know what we have to do? We have to build up spiritually. And so as a church, if you call this your home, if this is your community of faith, I, I wanna encourage you to participate with us. There's, there's places on our website that give you tools and resources and different things and ways you can fast. And every day we're gonna have a prayer focus and we are going to seek after the heart of God as a community together. And here's what I know. The Bible tells us that where two or more are gathered, there Jesus is also. And if we ask anything according to his will, and if we're going, God, we need a breakthrough. We need you to speak to us. We want to hear your voice. We want to heed your voice. We want to be obedient to your voice, and we want to follow your voice. Here's what God will do. God will show up 
and he will show off in our lives. And I know it's really easy right now to give up, but I believe that God is calling us to rise up right now. In fact, some of you feel like giving up right here in this moment, and I'm just here to tell you right now, don't give up. In fact, this might be why you came to church online today is to hear this, because don't give up, because if you don't give up, the Bible tells us at the right time, you will receive a harvest of blessing. And listen, those aren't my words, those are God's words. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. And some of you, you're tired right now. I know you are. You're tired of your situation. You're tired of your circumstances. You just woke up this morning. You had four cups of coffee and you're like, I am so tired. But God says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. He says, at just the right time. What time? The right time. Well, TJ, what time is that? I don't know. It's God's time. If it's my time, it'd be right now. I would, have, I would have it done right here, right now for you. But God picks the time. But here's what I believe. It says, at just the right time, we will reap. In fact, I would submit to you that it's you will reap a harvest of blessing. Now, that word blessing there is just a term that means God's divine favor in your life. I don't know about you, but what I could use more than anything right now in my life and I'm going to guess that you could use in your life is God's divine favor. I'm going to guess more than anything that what you want is you want God's divine favor working in your marriage, in your finances, in your children's lives, in your spiritual journey. You want his favor working in that place. And he wants to provide it and he wants to work in it. And the Bible doesn't say you might receive it. It says you will receive the harvest of blessing. But there is a qualification. If. We don't give up. If we don't quit, if we don't check out. Here's what I know is too many people break faith right before the breakthrough. And listen, all that stuff that you're going through right now, and I know it's a lot of stuff, it's not meaningless. It's actually building you up right now. I know it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't feel like it. But it's part of the buildup to the breakthrough. And God is building Joseph up in this moment. He's encouraging us, number three, to be faithful with your little. It says in verse six, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. In other words, Joseph took what was in front of him and he took advantage of that opportunity and he said, listen, I'm going to do everything within my power to serve in this moment. And church, I believe that this is an opportunity for us to be faithful with whatever God has put in our hand in this moment. And here's what I know God has put in our hand. He's put in our hand the ability to seek him out. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will heal their land and restore their fortunes. Here's what I know God wants to do. God wants us to take what we are able to do and, and do it with all of our heart, soul, mind, and the strength. He wants us to be faithful with our little. 
And if we'll be faithful and we'll allow ourselves to sacrifice in this moment, here's what I know is that build up to breakthrough is going to happen a lot sooner than we realize. So how do you rise up when you want to give up? You don't play the blame game. You take responsibility and realize you are ridiculously in charge of your life and you use those situations and you realize that there is a buildup to your breakthrough. And while you're building up to that breakthrough, you gotta be faithful with the little that God has given you. And, and one of my favorite illustrations of this is, is about a gentleman in 1809. He was born into a one-room building. In 1816, his family was forced out of their home. He had to work to support them. In 1818, his mother died when he was nine years old. In 1831, he failed in business. In 1832, he ran for legislature and lost. In 1832, he also lost his job and wanted to go to law school, but was rejected and couldn't get in. In 1833, he borrowed some money from a friend to begin a business and went bankrupt and spent the next 17 years of his life paying that debt off. In 1835, he was engaged to be married and his sweetheart died and his heart was broken. In 1836, he had a total nervous breakdown and was in bed for six months. In 1838, he sought to become the speaker of legislator and was defeated. In 1840, he sought to become a lector and was defeated. In 1849, he sought the job of land officer in his home state and lost. In 1854, he ran for the Senate of the United States and lost again. In 1856, he sought the vice presidential nomination at his party's national convention and got less than 100 votes. If, he, if anybody needed to give up, it was this guy. But in 1858, he ran for the U.S. Senate again, and again, he lost. At what point do you say it's over? But in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States of America. And here's what I want to encourage you, New Sound. Don't quit. Don't give up. The buildup was brutal, but the breakthrough was amazing. And he ended up leading our nation through one of the most tumultuous times in the history of our great nation, through the Civil War. And he said this in the middle of the Civil War. And in fact, I'm going to put it up here. And he said, I now leave not knowing when or whether I may return to a task before me greater than that which rested upon Washington. He says, without the assistance of the divine being, whoever attended him, I could not succeed. He says, with that assistance, I cannot fail. Listen, without God's assistance, we can't succeed. But with it, we can't fail. And church, that's a word for us. And I want to encourage us. Let's take the next 21 days and let's seek God's face. Let's pursue him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's stop playing the blame game and realize that there is a buildup to breakthrough. And let's be faithful with what God has put in our hands. And I believe that God will show up and he will show off. And the breakthrough, the breakthrough will be beautiful, even though the buildup was brutal. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're a God that, that is always with us no matter what the circumstances are or the situations that we're facing. And I know a lot of us are going through some difficult moments. And it's really, really easy for allow what's happening around us to infiltrate and impact what is going on inside of us. 
And right now, I know that there are some people that are hurting and that they are broken. And here's what I know, that there is a God that loves you so much that he has never left you or forsaken you. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and die a sinner's death on the cross so that you would not be by yourself. In fact, that he would take that brokenness within you and begin to heal it. And maybe you're out there and you're going through a brutal season right now and you've never known or had a relationship with this God that loves you so much that he would do that. And you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, what I need more than anything is I need a breakthrough in my life. And that breakthrough begins with a relationship with God. It begins with a relationship with God that will never leave you or forsake you. And it happens very simply like this. It begins with a prayer, with you saying, God, I need you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. Take over, be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. But here's what I know also, God, is there are some people that are out there. That they're in the middle of the buildup right now. It's difficult and it's hard. And God, I want you to encourage them right now. Don't give up. Don't give up because what is on the other side, if they don't give up, there's a harvest of blessing that is waiting for them. So God, I pray that they would put a deeper, a fuller trust in you in this season like never before. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. New Sound Church, I'm so excited for what this next 21 days holds for each and every one of us. And I want to encourage you to go to newsound.church and click on the link for 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's a lot of different options that are there of different ways that you could fast and get involved in this and really seek God over the next 21 days to discover what God wants to do in and through your life as he builds you up to the breakthrough that he has for each and every one of us. I can't wait for you to participate with us Monday through Friday as we give you devotionals and daily prayer and scripture points. It is going to be an incredible time of us coming together, uniting under the banner of prayer and fasting and seeking God's will for the future of your life and the future of our church. Have a great Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. If your life has been impacted by today's message, we would love for you to share your story with us by emailing story at newsound.church. Join us again next week for another inspirational message from New Sound Church.